That was good. <laughs> Great music today. Jim leaned over early to, in the service to me and said, I hope that your sermon can keep up with the good music today. <laughs> now, that was a real blessing to me. <clears throat> well, that, that was great music today, and we're thankful for it. If you have your Bible, uh, look with me at Acts 9, beginning in verse 3. This is a story that I'm sure you've heard, uh, an incident in the life of the early church that was so powerful. I want us to look at it again today. As Paul journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a great light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose to, from the ground. When his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias? And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas, for one calls Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he is, and he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that, I may, that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. All of us, at one point or another in our life, have wanted to have a Damascus Road experience. I remember when I was a little boy and they would talk about this, I would always say, well, I want to do that. I want to do that. You know, I want to hear the voice from heaven. I want to see the great light. Uh, that would just be wonderful. It would be great, wouldn't it, if uh, we had a personal encounter with God along the way in life to find out his will directly for our lives. We want a handwritten note from God that says, do this and do this and do this. 
There's no ambiguity if it happens that way. We know uh, how everything is supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. There's no questions, no uncertainty. Paul was sure that he had met with the Lord. There was no question in his mind whatsoever. Did you notice in our text this morning that Paul, that God told Paul to go into Damascus and then somebody else would tell him what to do? We all want the light, the great light, the audible voice out of the heaven, and we want directions from God himself. Sometimes the words, the motive for our life comes from somebody else, not directly from God, maybe through God working in another individual. I never had in my life the great light. Uh, I never heard a voice from heaven. I've never had that experience. But I have had, like Paul had, another person, a committed Christian. For him, it was Ananias. For me, it was a a man named Rock Blankenship, who was the youth minister at the church in Chattanooga where I grew up. He was the coach of our softball team. And after practice one day, he sat me down under a tree and, and uh, led me to Jesus and told me, you know, the kind of the basic uh, concepts of Christian living, how I needed to base my life in the Bible, really helped me really was the beginning of a whole new life for me. Ananias was an answer to prayer in Paul's life. Paul couldn't see a thing for three days. He was in total darkness. He couldn't eat anything. He couldn't drink anything. And you know, if you're in that position, it gets real scary when you don't know anybody around and you're totally blind. You don't know about where you are or anything. God told Ananias to go and touch Paul's eyes, which he did. And as soon as he did that, Paul could see perfectly, could see everything. Have you ever been an answer to somebody's prayer? Uh, That's the title of my message today. Have you been the answer to somebody's prayer? I bet a lot of you have. A lot of you have walked with the Lord for a long, long time, and, and you've done a lot of special things for a lot of special people and helped them along the way. There are opportunities for all of us to do something like that, to be an answer to someone's prayer. There are a lot of people like Paul who have been touched by God who then don't know what to do or where to go or what to say. They need someone to sit down with them and talk with them and kind of lay it out in an abbreviated form, of course, but but lay out the basic concepts of the Christian life. And that's exactly what Ananias did. He took the time, he got with Paul, sat down with him, taught him, prayed with him, uh, led him to understand what the Lord wanted from his life. When a friend comes to you for marriage counseling, when a friend comes to you for financial help, you have the opportunity in that particular situation to be the answer for the prayer uh, that they have. 
you can interject yourself into their life in such a way that really you can change the destiny of their whole being. When people come to you for business counseling, you have that opportunity. When people ask you anything, you can bring it around to the will of God for their lives. When someone asks you for directions, you can say to them, Now, are you just talking about somewhere where you want to go today? Or are you talking about somewhere where you'd like to go for eternity? And then you can can break into a word for the Lord and maybe be the great answer for their life, even that very day. When someone asks you to introduce them to somebody, you can say, well, would you like to meet somebody far more important than the person you're talking about. I met a man once, his name was Jesus. And you can move right on in to your testimony. Tell him about Jesus. Tell her about Jesus. So that they will know the story, the old, old story of Jesus and his love. God doesn't always send the lights and the voices from heaven. Sometimes he sends you. You're the one. You're the messenger. You're the one that has the answer for whatever it is that's besetting them in their life. One of the reasons we are not an answer to prayer is that we have not heard what God said to us. We somehow or another along the way missed the message. Ananias was listening. He had a listening way about him. He listened to God. And God told him what to do. And God told him what to tell Paul what to do. You know, there's there's some folks that are listening to what God would say to them. And those are the folks that he calls upon to do his work, to deal with difficult people, to deal in difficult situations, to place yourself in the middle sometimes of the dispute that is tearing their family apart. God's direction to others can only come through you if you have heard directly from God. Sometimes we don't hear anything that God says because we're too busy. God wants to give you a message that would really help maybe a young person or maybe someone else, but we're kind of on the run. We've got a lot of appointments that day. We've got a lot of things to do. Some things to catch up on. Some things that that we need to finish. So the person that we were supposed to help never hears the word that God has for them through us. So we have really hurt that person. You know, God wants us sometimes to be the answer to the prayer that the person has. Sometimes our best friend is really hurting. We're not sensitive enough, we're not listening enough to hear what they're saying. They drop hints, but we, we kind of just, that goes right over our head. We don't get it, we don't hear it. It doesn't impress us. They suggest things, but we overrule those things. They have been praying about something, but we change the subject to football. You know, everybody's team played yesterday or 
this weekend, and, and that's real important, isn't it? And so we, we start talking about that, or we start talking about politics, or we start talking about the storms that come and go around us. And we move away from the thing that our best friend, who is in serious trouble, really needs to talk about. Sometimes we, we know that we have other people waiting to hear from us. And sometimes, this is always a tragedy, of course, they take their lives. And we say to our friends, well, gee, I didn't, I didn't know that they were in such a bad shape, that they were in such a bad condition. I didn't, I didn't know that. I would never have dreamed that, that they would have been in that kind of a situation. Maybe we didn't hear. We didn't listen. Uh, maybe we weren't aware. Maybe we were too busy. There are many people in our society that have a fragile hope that someone, anyone, someone would take a personal interest in them, in them. That someone would be the answer to their prayer. Would you be that person? Would you be the one that would step up and say, well, you know, I kind of like Sally or Sue or Jim or Tom or whoever it might be. I, I kind of like them, and, and really, they need some help. They need a friend. I want to see if I can kind of get in with them a little bit, maybe reach out and touch their lives in a positive way. Do we as a church have a listening ear? Are we alert to the needs of our community? We're trying to start a number of new classes in our new building. You know, on Sunday, we've got stuff going on all over the building. But all during the week, we might have a few meetings, but the vast majority of those big, nice, new, very comfortable rooms are empty. You know, we could have all kinds of classes going on in that building during the week. The Lord has provided that place for us, and, and I want to encourage you, if you have felt like you needed to teach something or lead something, uh, we'll advertise it for you, and uh, we'll get it going over there. And uh, that could be a tremendous blessing to our town. Would you be the teacher leader? of that class. We're trying to add more to our discipleship ministry here. <clears throat> we have people that are being discipled, have been discipled. We're hoping to reach out into our church more and more and more and into the visitors that we have week by week. You know, a lot of people have said to me over the years, you know, I would like to be in a class and, and really be discipled. And, and we have, we're very, very fortunate, we have a full-time missionary that works with our church in helping us to help others, to lead them in the area of discipleship. And we have some folks that have stepped up uh, to help lead in that ministry. If you'd like to be in that, just give us a call at the church office and we'll put you in touch with the right people. 
Do we need an AA group in our, in our church? We have a lot of empty rooms during the week. Could we help in that way? Should we look into an adult daycare group? You know, folks that, uh, that need some friends around, you know, they uh, need a little attention. They need a little guidance, perhaps. What about an exercise group? Could you kind of head that up? They've got great Christian music that goes along with these exercise groups. You know, it's strange what things reach people. I witnessed to a guy in my first little country church for three years. I'd, I'd go witness to him about, about twice a year. I'd witness to him a whole bunch of times. And one Sunday he walked down the aisle to trust in Christ as his Savior. And I said, Robert, what in the world was it that, that uh, got you to walk down this aisle today? And he said, well, I was driving in my truck. And I heard Tennessee Williams sing, On Your Knees, You're Taller Than Trees. And he said, That touched my heart. And so today I'm coming to make my profession of faith in Christ. You know, different things reach different people. That's all there is to it. And, and you know, if we can implement those things, if we can be creative and start those things, if we can... Uh, reach out in health. It would just be wonderful. Be wonderful for our town. Be wonderful for each individual person that's getting some attention. Would you be the answer to their prayer? Would you do that? Dr. Tom Penner is a real good friend of mine. He lives in Tampa. He pastored the Seminole Heights uh, Baptist Church there for Many, many years, I think about 30 years. Did a great job. He's a great scholar, a gentleman. Just did a tremendous job. He told me recently that he'd been doing some studying, some reading, whatnot, and he said that only 30% of the people in Tampa go to church anywhere. Only 30%. That... That saddens my heart, and I know it does yours. Uh, you know, I, I go to a lot of places to eat. I eat out every day. Uh, and I go into these, you know, these same places, and, uh, you know, I, I really haven't done enough to reach out to some of the waitresses. I know I haven't. I go to the library periodically, and I haven't done... Uh, hardly anything to reach out to any of the folks that are there. I know that you have people that you go to see on a regular basis, and, you know, you might be the one that is the answer to prayer, to their prayer. You, you might be that person. You might be the one that could give the word that they're waiting for, praying for. We need an Ananias in each of those restaurants, in the library, in your beauty shop, in all the places here in town. We need an Ananias in there. Would you uh, help to explain some things to those people that are anxious, really, to hear? But they're not going to ask for it. They don't want to uh, make a fool out of themselves, and they don't know how to ask, so they don't ask, but they want to know. 
you're a lifeguard, you have been trained how to tell when somebody is about to be in trouble. You know, if they're swimming in a certain way, if they're just kind of splashing around, if they're in a certain place in the water, you're trained so that you would be alert to somebody that's in danger. You can tell if you need to come down off the tower and and move on out in the water toward that individual because they're about to go under. Let me change the illustration. You're a Christian. You know if somebody in your office or somebody in your neighborhood is in trouble, is in trouble. They need someone who is alert, someone who is listening, and someone who cares. Are you the person that's going to be the answer to their prayer? If we can't be the answer to their prayer, if we can't do that if we haven't heard their prayer. We have to interface with them. We have to listen to them. We have to care about them. We have to be involved in their life at some level. Our prospects for our church are not just the ones that come on Sunday and turn in a card. Our prospects are the ones that we come in contact with day by day, every day. We need to hear what they are saying. We need to care about them spiritually before any headway can be made in the area of us being the answer to the prayer in their heart. So many people are are moving to Florida. I mentioned this a month or two ago that there are a thousand people a day moving to Florida. 500 of the thousand are moving into the I-4 corridor. And of course our area here is just booming. There's houses going up uh, literally uh, all around us. I mean big subdivisions, not little ones, big ones. They're just going in. Many, many of the folks that come in don't know one person. They don't know who the good doctors are, the good dentists are, the good CPAs are. They don't know who they can trust. They don't know the good restaurants. They don't know uh, any honest mechanics. They don't know who the crooks are in town. They need help. We need to be uh, the entree uh, in their lives, to, to their life. New people many times are lonely people. Uh, they need help. They are moving by the thousands. Would you be the answer to their prayer? Teenage bodies are changing and their emotions are changing and they are concerned about the authority figures in their life. Can we hear them when they call out for help? Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Parents with small children need help. At first, they don't know how to be parents at all. They have no idea how to do it. Then all of a sudden, guess what? They are parents and they need a lot of help. Senior adults that can't remember certain things, that can't remember which pills to take or what day it is, perhaps need some gentle reminders of some important things that they have forgotten. We could have a whole team of people doing that. If you'd like to help, call our church office and we'll get together a group and we'll begin working on it. A lot of middle management people are worried about their jobs. 
Can we help them? They're calling out in prayer. They need an answer. Could you be the answer? A lot of people outside the church don't trust the church. I'm sure you're aware of that. They know what some of these big-time evangelists have done. They've read all the stuff in the paper about Jimmy Swaggart and Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. They, they know about all that. We have to prove ourselves trustworthy to them. But when life tumbles in, guess what? They start praying. The folks that say they're agnostics and they're atheists, when life tumbles in, they start praying. When they're injured, when their family breaks up, when their father or mother dies or their business goes under, they are ready to hear a word from the Lord. They're anxious to hear. Will any of us be standing there like Ananias and be ready to reach out to them? Let me conclude this morning by talking about agendas. We all have agendas. The salesman wants you to buy something. The teacher wants you to learn something. The parent wants you to behave. Uh, What's your agenda? How pushy are you with your agenda? I took a course at Georgia Baptist Hospital in Atlanta on visiting folks that were dying. I took a whole course on that. Do you know that you can get a degree in visiting people that are dying? You can. The main thing they tried to teach all of us that were in this course was to get with the sick person's agenda and not try and force your agenda on them. You need to go into the room and be patient and listen. And don't get your agenda out there in the first two minutes. You're in there. Don't walk in and stay for a minute and then say, well, let's pray and walk out. Don't do that. It takes a while to know where somebody is. It takes a while to get to know what their agenda is. But once you do, they will start asking questions. And they will let you know what their prayers are. When you know what people need, you are much more likely to be able to help to be an answer to their prayer. I confess, I don't know where everybody is emotionally here in this big room today. I don't know where everybody is spiritually in this room today. But I do know that God has sent me to listen, to care, and to represent Jesus. And God has sent you to do that very same thing. Wherever you're going all week, this week, God is sending you there to listen, to care, and to represent Jesus. That's your job as a believer. Perhaps there are some here today who have felt the touch of Jesus through a friend or a Bible study teacher or through perhaps a sermon or a song. Would you want today to respond? to the grace of God. If you would, we want to give opportunity for that. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I'm going to stand right down here at the front. Our hope, our prayer today is that if there are any in the house that have never trusted in Jesus, that you would today. If there are those here that need a church home, 
that you would come and join with us. Take a stand with us. Help in any one of these many ministries that I have mentioned today. I hope that you would do that. I'll be standing down here at the front waiting on you to come. Let's stand as we sing together.